Hello and welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. I'm Tony Clark, your host. And today I have the honor of having Rex Paul Schnelli on the program. And Rex is a multi-instrumentalist with a certain guitar virtuosity, uh, who is also a singer, songwriter, and also a record producer. Now, over Rex's career, he has made recordings with uh, famous folks like Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive, Jack Blades of Night Ranger, and Damn Yankees fame. Also, John Bon Jovi, Merle Haggard, Brooks and Dunn, Olivia Newton-John, Jim Brickman, Tim McGraw, Jerry Reed, Waylon Jennings, and a host of Hall of Fame writers and performers. And that's a mouthful, but Mm -hmm. Rex, I I want to thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Tony. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. And I I just got to, that's that's a wide variety of of, uh, famous individuals there now. Yeah. uh, yeah. Right off the bat, can you think of uh, what's... Can you think of a story from one of these uh, famous individuals that sticks out to you? You think back in your, your producer or your your playing days when you mm-hmm. when you worked on their albums. Well, what sticks out to you with one of those guys? Yeah, the the way it is, there's a certain kind of caveat. I worked with Sony Music Publishing for about 20 years or 25 years, and so I would do demos with all of these people. So most of these were demos; they weren't albums. Some of them ended up on some of these artists; they ended up on records. So I just worked with writers that would come to town and write with Sony writers, which a lot of these guys would. The John Bon Jovi uh, situation was I was working with an artist named Allison Taylor, and we did a show in Nashville, just her and I, an acoustic show, and John came to the show and uh, kind of arranged, uh, was going to write with Allison, and then the next day they said, hey, we wrote a song, we're going to be in the studio, so we went to House of David and that's where that was. That's about 1990 or 1991. The other ones at Sony's studio, uh, I just was fortunate to, from Olivia Newton-John to, uh, you know, Merle Haggard was one day they were doing, giving him a car at Sony as a, as a, and as a reward for, you know, selling so many songs. I, I think that's what it was. Anyway, they're going to do interviews. And so the studio was decked out to do the interview and we just kind of did a little demo, uh, while he was there and, um, so, uh, you know, just these incredible, and then the Everly brothers was probably the most shining example that I did, uh, a demo with them. Uh, same thing. Jamie O'Hara was a writer that sounded a lot like them vocally and wrote really kind of esoterically very much like them. And so, and he wrote with them. So they came to the studio at one time at Sony and did, and did a demo there and, oh gosh, Jessica Simpson to uh, Libby Newton-John was really, she was exciting. Uh, Don Cook was was working with her. Don was the head of Sony at the time. And so I just had, uh, man, an amazing run of, of a lot of demos. Some of the stuff ended up, I, I would work with a lot of up-and-coming writers, uh, uh, Blake Shelton, uh, Dirk Bentley, you know, Miranda Lambert, all these people were young and, and looking for their record deal. So I would do the demo that would get the record deal or whatever it would be. So wow. that's kind of the caveat there. And at the same time, I was an artist. I was also playing as a session guy, you know, at one time, five days a week, just rolling in my guitar as an amps and, and doing sessions. And, and so it was, it's been a really, I've been blessed. I've been really blessed to be able to do this. So. Wow. That's, uh, I, I would assume that uh, aspiring musicians would love to just work with one of those individuals, but you've got a, a big catalog of individuals that you've worked with. So yeah, yeah that's, that seems like a blessing. Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy, a crazy ride. And it's, uh, you know, you tell a story or you don't tell a story because it sounds like, what? You worked with all, and it's like, well, they were demos, so they weren't records. Although some of them turned out kind of to be or whatever. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's like roll out the pictures and, you know, it's there it is. And I, I count myself really, really fortunate to be able to do that. And what's that, what that has afforded me on this side of, of respect of working with other peers, you know, so. Well, listening to, to your music, you're just right up there as well with your talent oh, well, and, and singing and stuff. So I, I'm totally blown away. Thank you. So, Rex, I, I first heard of your music through uh, the Illumination album yeah. uh, with the famous Phil Kagey. Yeah. And uh, I just want to thank you for all of this, you know, new music that I get to listen to now. And, and I've just kind of discovered you because I started listening to Phil Kagey again, I guess, in the past year. Okay. And uh, after about a 10-year layoff, but I, 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 
I, I was thinking to myself, why have I missed out on this guy for so many years? But I, I'm digging back into it, and you were the guy uh, with him on this Illumination album. Uh, can you tell me, how, how did you get to work with Phil Kage on this album? Well, um, I had worked with Phil before. Uh, in 2005, he played on my Hero Shuffle record. And that was a meeting, uh, went to a birthday party and him and Bernadette were there and met him and, and, uh, uh, told, told him my story. And we had met before in Christian circles, you know, like, uh, studio stuff. And I'd done a performance where he was on the, on the stage or whatever, but so we reconnected and then he played on that record and, and he was gracious. He said, Hey, let's write together. So we kind of started hanging out. So we had played on that record. Uh, uh, and then I'd, I'd played on all at once record. We kind of tried to start writing together. We wrote a song, uh, called the love, the way you love me. That's on the, the all at once record, uh, which is the one right before the illumination record. And it turned out really, really good. We liked the way it sounded. And that just instigated, uh, just talking about working together. And so I was over at his house one day and he pulled out an old iPod you know, the, with the little screen on it, he says, you got to hear this. He said, this is a real to real recording of a song idea I had that's only about 20 seconds long. And then the tape got eat up, but I made a recording of it. So he played this chord progression and was kind of, you know, singing in the background. And it just ignited my, my creativity, my brain. And so I brought him a track and kind of completed the verse chorus structure and that was the first thing that got us into Illumination. And it was just, my idea was to go for very classic rock, high production value. Yes, Genesis, uh, you know, uh, Tears for Fears, kind of really, really high production value. And that was the first thing we did. And it just kicked off everything and just excited us both. And so, gosh, that's been 20, 2018, 2019. It's been a while back now. So anyway, that that's what got us. That was actually you know, our third or fourth record that we'd actually worked together on. And, wow. um, so, and we do, we do session work. In fact, I was just there yesterday. Uh, a client wanted to have Phil on there. And so I, you know, kind of, we asked him if he would, he said, sure. So we'll do projects to where we'll trade solos. Like he'll take the first half and I'll take the second half. And we've done several of those and those have been real exciting too. So, um, I pinch myself, you know, he's my hero, you know, one of my heroes. And that's the same thing with Eric Johnson and, and Dan Huff and, uh, uh, gosh, tons of other folks that I've gotten the chance to really get to work with, you know, so, um, I'm blessed. Yeah. And it's my understanding that you did quite a lot on that album besides just, uh, some, <laughs> some singing and, and playing, right? Yeah. What else did you do on the illumination album? On, I played everything. I did all the drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, background vocals. I mean, obviously Phil sang and played guitar and, you know, I mean, obviously there was, there was that, but yeah, I was the band pretty much and mixed it. Uh, and, uh, uh, Vinny Alabrindi mastered it. Just an incredible job of mastering. He's such a rock star. Um, and it just sounds really good. So yeah, that was, and I've developed this reputation as the one man band guy. I can play everything. So a lot of the work that I get is, you know, uh, I, I play everything and, and, and most people can't tell that it didn't hire people. Now I do like getting budgets to hire players. Don't, don't get yeah. me wrong. If I have a budget, I'll, I'll hire and go record. That's really the best of all worlds, but you know, you hire the guy you can afford. So <laughs> there's, there's this one cool song on there that's called You Never Know. Now, you've got the, I think, the lead vocals on that, right? Yeah. Uh, tell, me about, tell me about that song. So that song, uh, I, I had a, a, some music idea, and Tom Douglas, Hall of Fame songwriter uh, that I'd worked with at Sony for years, he's, 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 uh, he's got lots of clout and is incredible. So, and he himself is an incredible performer, piano player, singer. But we were co-writing at the time, and we've got several that we've written uh, together. One Circle With No End is on my Hero Shuffle record. We wrote that one together. Um, and this song was one of the one that we, that we wrote together. And, uh, and I remember him doing the demo, and it was so captivating. And that's a song that you either get or you don't. <laughs> but uh, it, was on, it was on hold with Faith Hill for about 
two two weeks, you know, and it's kind of yeah, as a songwriter, that's what we would do is write songs and get people to cut them, you know, in the industry. But that was one I'm going to do that one, you know. So that's how that came about. Well, your vocals are amazing oh, on that uh, on that song. Uh, that's one that you know when I when I think of that album, that's one of the ones that I think of right away. Wow. You never know. Well, dude. That's just a really cool because it, it kind of you know kind of puts you in that situation. Uh, listening to it, I kind of put myself on that bus. So yeah. that, that's cool. Man, that's great that you said that because amazingly, not many people resonate with that song, and you're one that does, and I do too, and some of my songwriter friends do as well. So thanks for thanks for mentioning that that's that's the same way i feel you know cool well it it's you know it, it's a great song to listen to now this album came out you said 2018 or 2019 i'm curious if if the whole covid mess slowed you guys down um after yeah no um because the record had already come out and had its basically its life its commercial life before covid even came um and so uh you know it's I think we're even we're, we have to duplicate some more because we're sold out and and it's the sales have kind of slowed down. But since it's digital, it also is being you know downloaded and streamed and that kind of thing too. So so that was done. It had a life. Um, and surprisingly enough, I'm also the the band leader for Matthew Ward Second Chapter of Acts redo. Uh, Matthew's put together a band and some and some girl singers to re, kind of redo Second Chapter of Acts songs and his songs too. And so. I got COVID 2020 at a concert in Cincinnati, a Matthew Ward concert, uh, August wow. 2020 when it was the first wave. And so that had, you know, elimination had already gone and then got it there. And, and, uh, so yeah, what happened with COVID was my pipeline got busy. Uh, I, when COVID hit and everybody was locked down, I was working a lot. Did, uh, Jeff Coffey's, record uh he's the bass player singer for chicago uh for a brief period of time uh and i would have worked with him in a previous label um i did uh, a couple of other uh projects uh some sync placement projects with bmi i mean emi and sony extreme and so just always you know i eat what i kill so i gotta always work you know so <laughs> You know, I, I'm curious with with you guys that are multi-talented. First of all, that blows me away to, mm -hmm. to for doing what you guys do. You know, uh, to be able to play all of those instruments and then play them well, and then play them to such a degree that people want to listen to what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, that in itself is mind blowing. But but uh, Rex, what were some of your early musical influences growing up as a kid? Yeah, um, grew, grew up in Central Texas, and so um, obviously. Bob Wills was in there somewhere. Uh, and, uh, so early. And then I started strumming the, my grandmother got me a little plastic guitar when I was six. And then I learned the solo from Galveston, Glenn Campbell. And then I think the next musical event was Bachman Turner Overdrive, which is why Randy Bachman was one I listed because once I saw him again, I told him that when I was 10 years old, he signed a dollar bill uh, at the hotel that we were staying at, that they were also staying at, that we had concerts to the show. My brother was a rock guy, seven years older. So I got a chance to go to that show. But anyway, so Bob turn overdrive. Then, uh, I guess the real explosion and I was playing guitar, uh, you know, learning, learning these songs by ear, but the real explosion was in 1976. I was 12 years old and I heard more than a feeling Boston on the radio. Oh, wow. And that sonically, musically, everything that that song did just was the indelible impact on me. And Tom Schultz did, you know, played everything on the record. Didn't play drums, but he did, you know, all the guitars and bass and kind of layered it the way. So I kind of was inspired by him as well. And then, you know, learning everything. I, had, I was in a cover band in high school and we also wrote originals, rock and roll. So just learning all that stuff. And then... Uh, you know, guitar players around Texas from Gil Billy Gibbons to, uh, you know, Steve Ray Vaughan. And I met, I met Steve Ray Vaughan uh, in 1983. Um, and uh, Eric Johnson in 84, when he came out on the guitar player magazine cover and had that little plastic insert of Cliss of Dover and kind of, you know, shook, shook up the world. That record was a Grammy winner, million seller, platinum record. Mm. Uh wanted to meet him and I ended up meeting him and he ended up, we ended up working together. You know, he played on my record 
on the Hero Shuffle record, did a couple of songs. And then since then, he's done, you know, a couple of things. And I'm just so grateful, so grateful for that. And it's an honor to be considered, like for him to even consider doing that with me and then uh, and then end up doing it, put it on my record and kind of be a part of, of what I did as an artist. It's incredible. So. I'll bet. And I just pulled one of these off the shelf here <laughs> behind me, if you can see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the Boston influence, they just happen to be behind me. So, yeah, yeah cool. Uh, you know, Rex, uh, you're multi-talented. You can play many instruments well. How, uh, and, and just from, I'm not a musician, but I, I love good music. I, I can tell, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've got an ear to hear good music versus not so good music, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how how do you play so many instruments so well? I mean, growing up as a you started as a young child. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to do it? Do you have to start as a young child to get proficient, and then go on to another instrument? And how did you do that? Did you also did you start at different uh, instruments at the same time? Or, yeah. Or how'd you do it? Um, I would say anymore because of YouTube and how quick kids can learn. There is a certain propensity that I think kids have to have to you know be able to naturally create something by ear, you know, and kind of play something without really having ever, you know, had a formal training, but that's not necessarily true. So you can start later and and YouTube is so easy to learn that you can learn how to do that. But I would say overall, yeah, as early as you can, uh, guitar was when I started, we had a piano in the house. So I, you know, learned how to you know, write my own music actually just kind of created and played and copied and tried to copy things, you know, that I could learn. And then uh, in fifth grade, uh, I went ahead, was in band. And so I learned, you know, snare drum and, and uh, you know, learned how to play drums. And, and that was really important. The, the basic music theory that, uh, you know, at least I can't read notes, but I can read rhythms, which is sad. But at least I can read rhythms. And then, you know, uh, then in high school, there was a stage band and, uh, I play guitar, so it was a chance for me not to play snare drum and play guitar in a, in a you know in a in a band type of thing. And of course, my band, we were playing every weekend, uh, you know, at these little places in Texas, and we were just a little four piece rock and roll uh, band. So um, called Next Exit. So, wow, amazing. Yeah. Um, Rex, you're talking about uh, one of your, uh, I guess, idols or not probably idol is not the right word, but one of your the folks that you admire. Yeah. Phil Kagey, for yeah, example. Yeah. Uh, just off the top of your head, do you have a Phil, favorite Phil Kagey album? Yeah. I mean, I've got to say, for me, it's Love Broke Through. Um, it was actually the first Kagey album that I heard that I knew it was Phil. I had actually heard of Glass Heart before and was really intrigued with that freeform soloing style, you know, kind of a power trio. And, but, but this record, and then that solo at the end of, of, uh, of, uh, well, there's time is on that record. And so as a little 12 year old kid or 11 year old kid listening to that, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. So when I got a chance to, uh, I, even today, I still tell Phil those stories. I say I was in NYF and I was 11 years old and we put on, uh, uh, love broke through. And I said, that's what, you know, then I remember, you know, and then going to see you play live. That's the thing about Phil Kagey that if you don't go see him play live, you miss it. You miss the whole, uh, his records are great. I love them, but man, what he does live, it's like seeing Mozart. It really is. It's a transcendent experience where he does the looping and the harmonies with himself and the, and the acoustic guitar and just brilliant. His stream of consciousness, creativity, and ability to ad lib is is unparalleled. It's just amazing what he does. And so, if you get a chance, get on YouTube. There's one uh, Salvation Army band. It's on YouTube at, at at Wheaton College. It's a live recording, and you'll be blown away. That one song will just tell you, oh, okay, this guy's one top ten, easy top five. You know, so saw him one time, probably about 20 years ago, but he was doing, it was just himself and a guitar, and he had these equipment where he, I guess he leads yeah, his music, yeah, you'll help, help me out here, yeah. but he was doing these shakers yeah. and into the microphone, yeah. and then he, all of a sudden, he had an entire band behind him. I was just, I was amazed. Yeah, and then you sing harmonies into the, doing the Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun, it's all right, and stacking the harmonies, you know, just his ability to, to do that and create these incredible compositions yeah it's uh it's a transcendent definitely transcendent experience 
I think you mentioned uh, one of your favorites uh, is 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 time. Is it the song time? Yeah. I think that you played with him on Illumination as a recreation, or not recreation, but maybe an updating yeah. of that song. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. We we originally we were writing originals, and I was I was we would like I would bring a musical idea, and uh, or he would bring that particular new. So 1971 was when that was from. So it just triggered in my brain. Let's make this sound like yes, you know. Um, we wrote, I think about five, and then we started to dance around the idea of redoing some classics. So we re- redid, uh, uh, Let Everything Else Go, uh, 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 you know, some of the, some of the amazing classics that we did, uh, you know, time was one of them. And so to do that, it's been done three or four times. So any of those you better be brave and bold. And, and, you know, and so that was the idea. It's like, I wanted to make sure the integrity and even the, the emotional and spiritual impact of hearing it. When I remember when I heard it, how it affected me. And my fear was if it doesn't affect people that way, I don't want to do it. You know, I want it to and So it, it did. And of course, time turned out to be, we have a video of us actually playing it live yes. and trading yeah. off solos or whatever. And that was just, that was hard to get together, uh, with time. And, you know, uh, anyway, so we just, we did that. And that whole experience to me was like tripping down the stairs, but never quite wiping out, you know, and, and then we got oh, wow. to the bottom of the stairs and you can see us at the end of time. After we get through, we look at each other and we, the note dies and we breathe like we made it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's that's a pretty amazing video, and and I I'll put the link to the Illumination album below the video. Mm-hmm. But you were speaking of the the song "Let Everything Else Go," and yeah. for years I've said I've wanted. Uh, it, this sounds morbid to a lot of folks, but yeah. that's one of the songs that I want played at my funeral. Yeah, is "Let Everything Else Go." It's yeah. it's like a, a melodic, um, you know, spiritual. Uh, it, it's talking about our faith in Christ, yeah. and and you know. We'll meet you on the other side, yeah. basically. So. Well, and there's a, there's a tenet of faith where obviously God calls you and he doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't go, whoops. So if you're a child of his, the, the promise is he's, you're safe from the beginning. You're safe from the start. And those moments of faith where you reach those, you know, if you have disease or people, you know, whatever it may be, um, the to be able to let go and to know I'm his, you know, I don't feel it right now. I don't see it right now. I know there'll be seasons where I will, or there'll be the tide will come in or whatever, but that's faith. And that's a gift just to relax, just to recline and sit and go, I'm, I'm yours. You know, there's, there's, you're sovereign, you know, and, and you chose me. So I'm letting go. And that to me, that's what that, the beauty of that song is, is like, at the end of the day, no matter what, you know, if you trust, you know, that's that's the majority of it. So, yeah, that's that's the gospel. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Rex, I want to talk about some of your I want to talk about and, and you know, I want to dig deep into All I Want Is You album, your new okay. album that's, yeah. that's out now. But uh, speak about some of your, your previous albums. Now, the ones I've been able to listen to the last couple of days, uh-huh. I, I, I want to dig in deeper. But. One is Hero sh- Shuffle, and mm-hmm. the other is, is Surfing in a Hurricane. Yeah. Those are the kind of two that I've focused yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about Hero Shuffle? Tell me about that Yeah, one. Hero Shuffle, um, my wife is experiencing a lot of medical issues, and she was had a chronic pain condition for a long time. That was a very besetting time. And so that album was during that time. And so uh, an interesting story, uh, I was working at Sony in the studio, and one of the writers that I was working with was signed to Dan Huff's publishing. He had a joint venture publishing company. Anybody that not know who Dan Huff is, he's an amazing world-class guitar player, singer, front of the band Giant, but he's also a producer. He was Billboard's producer of the year four times in a row. Faith Hill, Rascal Flatts, Tim McGraw. I mean, the guy is just, he's brilliant, you know, and, and he's one of my heroes. So he came in because the writer was having a birthday. And we were going to a birthday party afterwards. So Dan and I's job was to keep Mark in the studio until it was time to go to the party. And Dan comes in and we had known each other. And, 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 but I mean, you know, just, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, uh, a fanboy. And, uh, Dan goes, Hey, Mark tells me you're doing a record. 
why don't you let me play on your record? <laughs> and, you know, what do you say? No, you know, of course. I was like, I was like, unbelievable. I'll get you tracks, you know. So that same party, we, we went to the birthday party and that was where I met Phil and Bernadette. That was the same place. And so in my brain, I was going, Dan Huff said he would. Why don't I ask Phil? Phil said he would. The only other person that I was really jonesing to play, play on my record was Eric Johnson. And I was in Nashville and he was in Austin, but I had a friend that knew him that gave me his manager's phone number. So I called his manager and the next day and preface that to where I'd had dinner with Eric Johnson about five years before. And he had heard one of my previous records and was intrigued by, you know, that. And so we had kind of talked about working together, but that was un, you know, water under the bridge. And the next day, his manager said, Joe Priesnitz, uh, RIP, bless his soul, rest in peace, um, said, hey, Eric, um, Eric wants to play on your record. Uh, he can't write with you. He can't, you know, he can't do that. He doesn't have time right now, but he'll love to do an, uh, an overdub. Wow. And it was, it was, so it was just God's, you know, gifting that all those things came together. Never was able to, to promote the record, but, you know, it came out and, and, uh, you know, got some reviews and, and, but I you know, was never really able to, uh, properly tour that. And then Surfing and Hurricane came out in 2009. It was this progressive rock, uh, King's X meets, um, oh gosh, Van Halen meets, uh, you know, uh, I guess, yes, um, idea that I had as a power trio. And so we put that together and then the same musicians have been with me since, since that, and uh, so those two were, were, I'm very proud of the music. They went plywood. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, uh, yeah. they're, they're still listenable. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned King's X for Surfing in a Hurricane. That, that song on the, I guess the title mm -hmm. of the album is Surfing in a Hurricane. And the song is Surfing in a Hurricane or Surfing in a Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. I, the, when I f first started to listen to that, I was thinking, oh my gosh. King's X influence yeah, right away, yeah. but you've got your own spin on it. So it, it that's an amazing, uh, pretty powerful uh, song. Oh, pretty hardcore. Thanks, man. And, 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 and I, I wanted to be more story driven and, 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 you know, uh, when, when I write these songs, the, the point behind the lyric is, you know, you can find the hope at least, or at least the, the reality of, of an expression of, you know, life's hard. Hold on you know, ride that wave, you know, to the, you know, sometimes you find yourself riding in a surfboard in a hurricane and all you can do is perform the best you can to ride that wave all the way to the beach. Because if you don't, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's just a life experience that we have to go through and we yeah. can either trust in God or, or trust in ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the Hero Shuffle, you mentioned that. Uh, now, you made a documentary, right, of, of the making of it. Yeah, not, a little, correct, a little right? eight minute video that's still on YouTube. You can see the story of, of and it kind of tells the story of having Phil in the studio and then, uh, and then Eric. That was another interesting moment that when I went down to do the overdubs at Eric's studio in Austin, which is my hometown. And so, you know, I, I kind of, when that opportunity opened up, I was so... Um, blessed that he opened up the studio and just said, come down this, you know, and, and so I set up a camera uh, and that was back, you know, that was 2005. And at the time, Joe's engineer, uh, you know, I said, I asked Eric and I said, could I set up a camera and just kind of film what we do? He says, sure. You know? And so his engineer was like looking at me like, and so Eric goes out into the room to dial in his amps and uh, Richard Mullins, his engineer said, you guys go to school together or something? <laughs> I said, no. I said, you know, we just kind of uh, connected. And he said, man, this is pretty intriguing for me. You know, it's hard. You know, so Eric just kind of invited me into his process and got these guitar parts. And he said, I've been working on this. That was the other thing. I was like going, wow, Eric Johnson's been working on my solo. That materialized again about 2017 or so when he did the solo on uh, Anthem on the new record. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, I still pinch myself. I'm just like, man, how, how blessed. So. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you did that because I, I love watching the making of, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a movie, a famous movie, yeah. you know, filming locations, how, how, how the actors, the producers, directors work together and, and in the studio, how you guys as producers and, and uh, musicians work together as well. I, I love watching those things. So mm. I give you props for oh, that. Thanks, that's, a, that's a cool, cool eight minute or so documentary. Well, I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, good. Well, thanks, man. I was, uh, you know. I wanted to document it too, so people would believe me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know. And one of the things I've discovered about your music, I love, you know, I, I love certainly uh, gospel songs sure. and, and songs that are direct about our faith. Yeah, yeah. But I also love kind of songs that are like parables. Yeah. Where if you're kind of like the C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia, you, yeah. you can enjoy the movie. Sure. But if you want to search for something deeper, something about uh, the Creator, right, you know, right. it's something about Jesus, you can find that. Right. Uh, but it's kind of I, I enjoy the parable songs as well, where if you're searching for it, if you've got an open heart, you can search for something deeper. I, I, I love those, yeah. and, and I, I notice in some a lot of your songs are like that too. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. The Christian worldview is is to me is just where I come from, and then unpacking experiences that sometimes don't harmonize with that. And then just trusting that, you know, as it turns out, I mean, you know, relationships and losing people uh, to death or, or, you know, disease or even, uh, you know, uh, anything that happens in your life that, you know, and that's why relationship songs, you know, it's to me in the scriptures, you know, basically Paul is saying that, that, uh, you know, the mystery of marriage that Paul says, no, but you realize I'm talking about Christ and the church. Yeah. And so we as people romanticize what we think we need in our heart. And in, indeed, relationships is usually the first place that that's manifest. But pulling back that actually our relationship to our creator, to the Lord, that is the ultimate fulfillment. So this is only a picture of what truly fills our tank. And so you know, to process the fact that, you know, this, this, this journey, you know, we live forever, but we have a, you know, a a place of time, space, history, and this is the short one, you know, everybody in their lifetime in 75 to 80 years, you're going to meet Jesus. He's coming back in 80 years or less in your lifetime. Uh, And so uh, the reality is, is like, you know, that would be my, my advice would be, um, and I think most people that, that journey this and that actually ponder those, that question is bow your knee now instead of later, because first of all, it's just the blessing of peace that you get and, and sanity and, you know, the, the weary and heavy laden, you lay that and you get trust and you get rest. And then the yoke is easy and light. And that's just direction. He just steers you, you know, and the, and the, and the blessing that, that you get that, you get that, um, abiding, you get that manifest presence, which is what he said. I will manifest myself to you. And so everything I do, songwriting, whatever it may be, you know, making ice cream, it's all worship, all of it, you know, so. Yeah. Whatever you do, work at it as unto the Lord yeah. and not to men. Yeah. Great. Great advice, Rex. Yeah. Um, Rex, let's. Uh, if you want to dig into a little bit, I would love to about all. I love all. I want is you mm-hmm. your new album. Yeah, and I just like to go through some of your songs. Okay, uh, let's let's start with the first one, "Dancing with the Pain." Yeah. When I, I I've got my notes here, so when I when I first uh, listened to that, I was thinking, hey, a, a police influence. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about that song. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely a police in the chord progression is what hit me first on that. But then, um, you know, dancing with the pain is, is so universal because, you know, I lost my dad in 1998. And so, you know, I think about, uh, you know, experiences where, uh, you know, all I can do is because he's gone is dance with his men, you know, memory. So dancing with the pain is what we ended up doing, but it's also redeemed as well because the, you know, there is a, there is a forever future, but anybody that's lost, through relationship or death or, uh, or argument, you know, or separation and you're not with those people, you miss them. And so really in your heart, you just, you know, that's what that song's kind of about dancing with the pain. Um, and, uh, you know, 
our scars are are going to be there and you know we can either kiss them or we can you know abuse them and so uh, sometimes dancing with the pain is a way that's cathartic so yeah and that reminds me of your song surfing in a hurricane very similar oh, very yeah. similar uh, outlook yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, and uh, the next song, Rex, mm -hmm. is Never Go Away, and mm -hmm. that, that's a great love song. And I, I yeah. kind of got the, the gist of a kind of like a John Mayer yeah. uh, uh, influence there. Can you speak about that song? Yeah, good call. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. And uh, and it was just a basic, you know, love song. of. Uh, and I know some, some couples in my life that have been married, you know, 40 years, 35 years, and they still run on the beach and you know, that's just kind of, you know, what that's about is just that, that, uh, that settledness and that, that maturity, quiet confidence of a wonderful relationship, which, you know, gift of God. And, uh, that's kind of what that song's about. Never go away. You know, and of course, ultimately one day you will, but briefly, only briefly, you know, there's a reunion coming. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and I got to tell you this, Rex. Uh, a lot of the music that I listen to, my wife is not not so fond of. Really? You know, okay. I, I like to listen to a lot of you know pr progressive music sure. and, and so forth. But but I got to tell you, man, she's she's liking this album. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Tell her checks in the mail. <laughs> All right, I will. I will. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm loving it. She's loving it. Uh, so the next song, I guess, is "All I Want Is You." Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Um. <sighs> That comes out of, um, well, for instance, like with my, my wife, you know, she was ill for a while. And, and, and so there, there were some difficult times of, you know, are we going to make it, it, it struggle wise, her health wise, you know, she, and she, she felt like I was, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, questioning, you know, it's so hard for you, you know, putting up with this and, and, you know, my response is all I want is you. I don't, I don't want, you know, if it's not with you, I don't want it, <laughs> you know? So that's what, you know, that's what that is. It's just a love song, you know, too. So. Well, an amazing song. It's got, a, it's, it's kind of haunting and it, it sounds like uh, your, your voice uh, in this song sounds very similar to, to, uh, to Gordon Sumner's voice. Oh, if you will. dude, that is such a, yeah. man, it's such a, and that, that was told to me, interestingly enough, about 2015, we did a cover of If I Ever Lose My Faith live, and it really came off well. And, and there was an industry person that actually contacted me, and he said, dude, you, you do this thing thing pretty, pretty cool. He said, you ought to do that kind of music. You know, I've already kind of told that story before. And so that's what kind of started me on this, this new record was, okay, I love that kind of music, you know. And getting the confidence as a vocalist is also another thing that's been, uh, especially leading worship for three years, you know, 50, 50 times a year, um, uh, and playing guitar, you, you gotta, you know, five songs on Sunday, you gotta, and so I'm grateful that I, you know, was able to, uh, last endure and pull out the chops and improve my delivery of everything, guitar, vocal, you know, song and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a joy. Well, that, that's an incredible song. So we'll go on to the next song. Mm. It's called Anthem, and yeah. the chorus is a killer. I, yeah. I, I, the Tears for, Fe Tears for Fears ah! uh, sound is, is pretty amazing with your own spin. Dude, Talk about that song. And again, astute observation. Good call, because that's exactly, you know, and, well, and there's other things too, but that is a Leonard Cohn song. Leonard Cohn is the, is the you know, he wrote Hallelujah, uh, uh, the incredible lyricist jazz his delivery is really cool. And so um, that song, Ring the Bells It Still Can Ring, Forget Your your Perfect Offering, There Is a Crack in Everything, That's How the Light Gets In. That chorus just speaks about the fact that, look, there's a crack in everything, you know, the human condition. And so um, when I put the music to that, it really was, was special. And uh, we recorded it. I remember sending it to Eric Johnson, you know, say, could you play the solo on this? We, we actually had met in Austin and had coffee and I asked him if he would. He said, yeah, send it to me. And a couple of weeks later, he called me and he says, Rex, tell me about this song. Cause he was digging the song, you know, and I was like going, Oh, thanks man. Kind of told him the story. So yeah. Anthem is a Leonard Cohn uh, song. I did the music to it and uh, really happy, really pleased with that, how it turned out and the video too. So. 
Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, a couple of those lyrics, there's a crack in everything, that's how the light gets in. Mm -hmm. It just reminds me of, you know, the scripture passage about we're jars of clay, and sometimes the broken jars with the light of Christ living in them or the shine out the brightest yeah. because they've got the scars, you right. know, they've got the cracks yeah, and, and they've been healed. And, and, you know, the human condition of, of, of sin that we don't like, we don't like that thought, but everything is tainted by it. And it's so there's a crack in everything. Creation is suffering because of that first, you know, that first trip and uh but it's being redeemed as well so you know it's like that's the light getting in is it shows the beauty of the light that comes and heals so yeah pretty pretty amazing song so let's go on to the next one and uh, that's what brings me to us yeah. tell me about that song um that is uh again a lyric that you know uh uh any any relationship in a love relationship is you know uh the things that resonate that bring people together, um, you know, like scriptures say, talk about, think of these things, the excellent things, you know, uh, things that are worthy of, of, of praise. And that's the same thing we need to do about relationships, you know, remember the good times and then, you know, throw a flag up and go, Hey, we need to slow down and spend time together. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's what that song's about. Yeah. That's a good love song. Right. Um, and the next one, I, I, I can never pronounce this word, unrequited oh, yeah, un, love. Unrequited love, yeah. But I, I got, uh, it, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I got kind of like a bread influence there oh, a little bit. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, it is. And um, also kind of a 10cc, there, there's other people that have, that have talked about some classic 70s. I have one friend of mine that is a PhD, uh, uh, works for the government, but he's a guitar player, singer, and he wrote a review of the record. Very astute review and he was talking about how I borrow from all these these sources and you can hear them but they're not in other words you don't identify exactly that that's the part of the song or whatever and so he was he was enjoying it I hope other people do too but I'm just I'm just you know stealing from my heroes so that's that's unrequited love it's just about that you know the the one that got away uh and uh you know um you just at, at some point you know you you settle with um, you know, whatever that, whatever that feeling may be, or, um, another viewpoint of unrequited love is that they either move on or they pass away and you didn't get to finish the relationship or you feel that too. And that's just human condition. You know, we, sometimes we do that or, um, you know, or we, we meet someone and they're taken away and, you don't ever get a chance to reconnect and, 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 you know, create the beauty that you had in that initial meeting. And so that's just, you know, lamenting that as well. Um, and then valuing the relationships you do have. So, yeah, excellent, excellent points. Uh, the next uh, song, Rex, is Mercy. Tell me about that. Ah, Mercy. So, uh, Mercy uh, comes like pouring rain to wash away the stain of everything. Mercy bought by precious blood, the cleansing flood of mercy. Well, because of that word cleansing or bought with blood, I was tagged with lyric violation with it, with an adult, because I talk about, I guess I talk about blood and the atonement of Christ. And that's something that is, is, is violence to, so I've got this tag. And so that, that's what happened on, you know, it just has to t- warn you, you know, adult content or whatever. And and I was curious as like, no, 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 you don't understand, you know, that because of what Christ did is the sacrifice is because of that, we have hope, you know, and even any, any person who lays down their life for their brother, I don't know how you can argue with, with that being, you know, uh, it is violent, I guess, if you, if you take into account method, but so anyway, that song is about mercy, and uh, Mark Galvitt played saxophone. The groove is very, uh, you know, I, I I love Sting, I love Police, I love Level Forty Two, I love any groove oriented bass playing, singing. Of course, I'm a guitar player, but so that's weird. But so that's that's where that came from too. So, 
And, you know, I saw that explicit warning, I, I think, on Amazon Music for that song. And I, I, I was listening to the song. I was, I was trying to figure out why is it on there? Yeah. But, yeah, you just explained it. That's that's bizarre. Yeah, and you can fight it, but they won't they won't back down. Their algorithms are going to are going to, you know, and that's going to be part of uh, what people are going to uh, deconstruct about Christianity is that they can't handle the, the fact that it was so broken that it took the blood of, of our savior. They, that doesn't register with them, doesn't vibe with them. So it's going to be the thing that that'll, that'll be, you know, always on our back. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a good case to explain, right? Yeah. When you get the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Rex, what about baby run away with me? And, and yeah. listening to this, I was, I was thinking I, I could be way off here, but I was thinking a little bit of earth, wind and fire, maybe and steely Dan yeah. and, some other things. Yeah, all those, all the above. Uh, and yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes you've got to shut down the kitchen and go to the beach. <laughs> and yeah. that's just what that's about, you know. And just rediscover that being, just making guacamole together, you know, is as rewarding as anything. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, what about maybe tomorrow? And this is probably so far, and I'll change my mind tomorrow, but it's probably my favorite so so far. Maybe yeah. tomorrow. I, I, I got when when it opened up, I was thinking Eagles. I was thinking a lot of George Harrison influence. Yeah. In this. Can you talk about that? Yeah, again, you're you got great insight and, and very astute observation. And yeah, um and and Boston and you know uh and then the core progression uh is more kind of i don't know borrowed from uh billy joel and but just all the great music the great song stylers and arrangers that 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 reach for great melodic changes and 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 counterpoint you know chord progressions and that one was you know uh uh again when when my wife was going through her struggle you know uh and just wanting her to find relief and for us just to be, be able to just to sit without her being in pain, you know, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, um, that's what that song was about. So. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to ask, uh, I've seen the video too with, uh, you've got your friend Phil Kiggy mm -hmm. in that as well, mm -hmm. but I've, I've got to ask, uh, there, there's a, there's a, uh, a short blip about two knees, touching tell me about that you know what, what's the deal between between the knees with the faces drawn on the knee yeah and so anybody that does video editing you know you can only do so much of your own footage so i went and looked at some stock footage and just love and you know expressions of love and and it was i think a male knee and a female knee and they had the faces and then they they kiss you know with the knees touching and just that kind of cute expression that is you know a, a, a alternative expression of rather than something really serious, something just kind of cute. And so I found that on stock video I said, all right, I'm using that somewhere, you know, so it fit the song. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool video. Thanks. And again, this, the song is, the song is spectacular. Oh, thanks, um, man. So the next song on the album is time stood still. Tell me about that song. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting, right. Uh, uh, I had been contacted by a girl that I went to high school with who had gone on to LA and been in some videos and been a model. And, uh, she was a cheerleader and, uh, had been connected with music and just long story. But anyway, she said, I want to, I'm writing some songs and could I hire you to, you know, to do what you do, do the music or whatever. And I said, yeah, but you know, she, she would do a verse and a course and save my song. I was like, well, you're not done. You've got to do the next verse, next course. So I said, how about if we, just co-write and maybe make a production library or whatever. So we did that. And this was one of the ones that um, she, she has a really cool stream of consciousness ability to say uh, like that, that first line, uh, I, I trace the shadow of your face uh, on the pillow in the morning, you know, and there would be one or two lines like that. And then I would complete the rest of the lyric because the imagery was like, that's that's a cool image and so that's where that song came from and to make it sound like oasis uh the band you know oasis or or actually a friend of mine thinks it sounds a lot like king's x2 uh foo fighters uh you know uh, but yeah sonically i i like that one i like the way that one came out it's different you know it's got a different vibe than a lot of the stuff so 
Yeah, very impressive. Um, the next uh, song, Rex, is maybe th- or maybe the last one on this album. Maybe that's how God makes the rain. I think you shot a video for this one too, did you? Yeah, did a video for this one. This was one where I was working at Sony, and uh, again, Tom Douglas co-write, and uh, I had been I'd shared Psalm fifty-five about how God bottles our tears, and and so. I had worked with Tom that day, and so he was leaving, going home. And him and Troy Tomlinson, who are the head of Sony, would kind of like sometimes they just kind of hang out and talk and visit or whatever. And so I was still in the studio shutting down, and Tom came back in. And he said, hey, that song or that you know, scripture that you shared says we're going to write a song, and it's going to be maybe that's how God makes the rain, and you and I are going to write this song. And when Tom does that, I'm I'm like, you know, that's like, the queen of Sheba saying, I'm going to give you gold, you know? Um, and we're, you know, so we, we did, and we tried different things and he came up with this brilliant lyric. And then I came up with a couple of different music things and he came up with a couple of music things. And then over time it wasn't done. There was still a verse left to be written. And, uh, I couldn't getting a hold of time. I never really could do. And so, um, uh, I asked if, uh, if, Another writer that was a Sony writer, Chapin Hartford, she's also a Hall of Fame songwriter. Um, if she could join us in the songwriting, finish it because it was hard to schedule anything with Tom. And he said, sure. And so she came in and just delivered this, you know, this verse, uh, you know, uh, you know, the every, every, every wave of sorrow's ocean breaks on promised shores you know, just lyric that takes a long time to crystallize and just not fill in the blanks with the rhyme. And that was that song. And so I was really proud of the, that song, the chord progression, the, the, the name. And then Tom came up with that first verse and chorus that just, I, it's just amazing how he can do that. So, um, and that, that's funny, that video, there was a friend of mine that was shooting the video and he had a red movie camera which is a very expensive movie camera. And I had an idea of shooting. If you've noticed some, some videos, if you, you know, you're obviously playing to a track, so you're playing along, but if you take the, the music and double the tempo and shoot it at a high frame rate, you know, a lot of frames, then what you do is you can slow it half speed and it's at the right tempo, but everything looks like it's in slow motion. Oh, wow. And that's the idea of that one is why I wanted to be able to pull that off. too. So I created that rain stage at my church. I went and bought some soaker hoses and all that stuff is just, you know, uh, and we, we shot that. And so that was kind of fun. So, yeah. And watching that video, I was, that's one of the things I was thinking about. Well, is, is there like someone holding a water hose above <laughs> uh, Rex or how, how is that taking place? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, the verse in that, and I've got that cop, you know, uh, copied and pasted in front of me it says dare to walk on troubled waters let them rage and let them roar because every wave of sorrow's ocean breaks on, breaks on promise, promise. Sure. now rex what that reminds me of is is the it's an old hymn mm-hmm. sure you know sure sure it's just the brilliant writing the the lyric there is just it, it it's stunning it, it, it's so so opposite of what we hear and you know i I'll be kind, but a lot of the, <laughs> I guess, Christ, what's titled Christian music out there today, I, I don't, I don't really listen to because there's nothing deep here. But, but in this lyric, you know, there, there, there's extreme. Um, it's not shallow, in other words. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty epic. I think. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, Tony. That's that's what I go for too, and I think that any musician, any songwriter that stays in this and and pursues it will ultimately learn about, oh, that's how you craft a lyric. That you don't settle. You keep, you know, you keep improving and you don't finish a song just to finish a song. You finish a song when it's good, you know, and and you throw away nine out of ten of them because <laughs> most of them aren't, you know, aren't really as good as they need to be. So you're right. That's 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 what to go go for. And hymns, gosh, what what school of of songwriting can is it better than that? I mean, lyrically, and not just lyrically, but theological depth that just transcends anything that's being written. Well, a lot of things. There's some. There's some good writers. I've got some good friends writing some amazing songs. But, but, uh, and, and okay. So, so you're not a Christian, and you're not into theological depth. 
just the beauty of the poetry and the crafting and the melody. You know, I mean, it's just, it, that's, you're right. Hymns are great teachers. <laughs> yeah. But, but I appreciate you've got, got that in there. It just, it, it kind of sums up that album perfectly, I think, with, with that verse. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Rex, if, if someone wants to order this album, mm -hmm. I strongly encourage you to, to purchase it. Um, or any of your, your past albums, how would they do that? The best way is to go to my website, which is rexmusic.us. Real, real short, rexmusic.us. Um, and that's my website. It'll land on a page that's got all my music that you can buy right there in front of you. Um, go ahead and check out the, the bio and the stories. Um, coming up, there's going to be like my live performances that I did. That was really the most exciting, most exciting thing that's happened recently is I was able to do a show March 5th where we did uh, like seven songs open up for a band. And then we recorded the video and then got the multi-track too. And it came out really good. We performed really well. It's like two or three rehearsals together. And uh, that's on YouTube. So having said that, rexmusic.us, go there. You can find everything, even my YouTube channel. Um, and... Uh, you know, please support your artists. You know, musicians don't make any money on very little money on streaming uh, or, or or any of those ways. Usually, the best way is to buy directly from their website. And so, if you would do that, um, you know, I don't mind if you go to Amazon or iTunes. That's fine too. Um, go to Spotify and put me on lists. That'd be great. That's that's part of the game. That's part of the visibility game. But yeah, rexmusic.us will get you everything you need to you need to know. And Rex, you've also got a it's called Rex Music TV on on YouTube. <laughs> Can you talk to me about that a little bit? That's interesting because yeah. some of your new songs on your album, you're kind of giving an intro yeah. or you're explaining what they're about. Yeah, speak to that a little bit. So I've done I think six episodes so far, and that's generally what it's about. I would just you know let you know what's going on, and this is when the record was being. Uh, you know, uh, finished and then, you know, CD Baby did the printing and, and then it, there were some delays. And so I was just letting people know the journey. Um, and, uh, so that's what those Rex Music TVs were would be to set up and introduce the, you know, story about what's going on, how to get a hold of me, and then the song and then play the video. And I was going to like announce the videos and I'm going to keep doing that. But what I discovered was, um, unless you buy ads, uh, like on yeah. YouTube or our Facebook, your, your visibility will be very, very small. And so uh, a friend of mine who promoted that concert, uh, the Roy band that, you know, he, he has a cover band that he does. So he buys ads. His one ad got three times more visibility than every one of my Rex music TVs, all six of them put together. And so I just kind of need to slow down and kind of go, am I being, <laughs> am I, is yeah. I being smart about this? You know? So, uh, just trying to figure that out, you know, it's a, it's a new world, new, new ecosystem. So. Yeah. And, and you were talking about, you know, let's talk about creatives and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You're, you're, you're a busy, fine. man, but, you're fine. but uh, to those frustrated creatives out there, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've, you know, since I've had this channel and, and the artists I've, I've had on, I, I encourage people to, to purchase their, their stuff yeah, because that's yeah. how they make a living mm -hmm. for the most part. Right. And it's, it's a very slim percentage of musicians out there that are, that are, you know, that are extremely wealthy or wealthy at all. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's most, most musicians are working a nine to five job, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're doing this out of their, their spare time, but yeah. it's their love, their passion. Right. So, Rex, what about those frustrated creatives out there who are struggling? They're, they're not getting much traction. Yeah. And they're, they're about ready to, yeah. to, to give up what they love. Yeah. How would you speak to them? Yeah. Um, let you know you're not alone. And you're right about, you know, all the money went away so that there's really the old ecosystem of how it works. You just have to chunk it. And um, I would say for those of you like me who are writing and are trying to create the best art you can um, let go of the, you know, even, even the social media, um, what you have to find is a place for you to sing your song 
and play your song live on a regular basis. Connect with people who listen to what you you know sing. Maybe you do a coffee house. Maybe you have a house concert. Maybe you lead worship at your church. Maybe you sing busking on the corner. Um, find your joy there, delivering the very best of your craft that you can. Make that where it counts because what will happen is the more you do that and just don't chase the golden ring because it's, it'll never happen. Um, you know, and even if you do get a million listeners on Spotify, but you don't have any true fans, you may be on these playlists, but nobody really, you know, uh, do they really follow you? Do they really know your story? And so, um, start with the people that are right around you, you know, the people that will come to your show and get a mailing list and kind of market to those people already who have said, I'll give you my email. I trust you. That's gold. Go, 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 you know, give them the new stuff and then try to try to, you know, expand that and let the love of the craft be what drives you, you know, um, and then be humble, try to learn, be, you know, sit with other songwriters that have had reasonable or some kind of success or that are good and let them drive. Don't, don't force your ideal on them. Let them take, you know, just feed them uh, melodies and lyrics or whatever and let them do stuff. And then, and then what you'll receive on the other end is like, oh, that's how somebody who's done this crafts a song and you learn how to craft a song better. And uh, I've done that. I was very fortunate because I hung around amazing songwriters that were, you know, Hall of Fame songwriters, uh, you know, all of the the country guys, the Craig Wiseman, the the Harlan Howards, the Jamie O'Hara's, the Tom Douglases, the Brooks and Dunn's, you know, all those guys that know how to write really great songs are the songwriters that got them, you know, really great songs. And I just let them drive and would learn how to write with them, you know, and uh, that was the gold is learn, just learn how to craft songs. And you can do that buying a Sting record or buying a Carole King record or buying a Billy Joe record, you know, learn to craft like that. Yeah, and the advice you're giving, Rex, I think can be translated over to other, you know, other loves, like maybe you're a painter, uh-huh. or maybe you're a woodworker, yeah. or maybe you're just, you know, you you get your enjoyment and your pleasure out of, of, of adding on your house or building decks right. or, or working with your hands, whatever it may right. be. That, that's kind of a universal um, wisdom that you gave there, I think. Yeah, and we can get caught up really quickly in demanding to be heard, demanding to be understood. And the more you get on social media, the more you're trained to be a narcissist. And you do have to be a self-promoter. That is true. But the more you can be pure about, you know, what am I trying to do? Why am I trying to do this? You know, um, and, and, and make that as pure as it can be. The other will take care of itself. You know, that's, that's where, um, you know, you can enjoy the craft. So the journey, the joys in the journey. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. So what's on Rex Paul's agenda? Can you tell us what you're working on? Uh, What should we look forward to, Rex? Yeah. um, I'm continuing to write really, I think, some of the best music I've written in along the lines of this previous record, All I Want Is You. So I've got a couple in the can that I'm going to release. We're going to do another show probably the 1st of May, um, my band, and we're going to probably... Uh, play a lot of the new music. There's going to be more live performances, and but not just live performances, but videos like the, the videos I've released on my live performance, the five songs, you know, like really great artifacts of, of what we do. Um, there's, there's, you know, I was just kind of chatting with Phil Keggy today. I'd love to do some more stuff with him. I'd love to, you know, kind of create more, more of that music that we did together. He and I did the Randy Stonehill, uh, uh, the first one single on that record is, uh, um, net Lazarus heart. And, uh, oh, wow. we made it sound a lot like illumination and it just t- came out really, really good too. So we, we got a chance to work together on that. Um, I, uh, there's a record company that is a possible, ability of forming in the next couple of months that, um, I might be a part of, uh, we'll see. It's a, it's a whole new ecosystem. It's a search engine. It's a, it's a, a YouTube, it's a Facebook. Uh, it's, 
uh, all of those things. It's called uh, find.com and connected with that's going to be multimedia companies or whatever. And so this has been an ongoing thing that I'm hoping comes together because not only will I produce and go find artists and have a partner that will be doing production music, but my artistry will be available there too. So, um, you know, just a proliferation of what, what I've already done. So, um, look for that, but rexmusic.us, I'm going to be, uh, announcing, you know, a lot of that and, and sign up for my mailing list if you would. So when you go rexmusic.us, the first thing you'll see is sign up for the mailing list, do that. And, uh, you'll get a free download if you do that and a lot more free coming, a lot more new information. I've got f- three records that are done that haven't been released. Wow. All that music is going to be coming and and it's going to be released too. I just got to find a way to the best way to do that. So, well, Rex Paul, it's it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure, and I just want to thank you for giving me some some great new music to listen to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, and, and I'm talking about great new music, by the way. It's it's not just music. It's it's tremendous music, and I'm, I'm so appreciative. Uh, well, that I that I've um, f- found your stuff, you know, y- your music and and your your talent. So I, I just want to thank you so much, man, for, oh, for yeah. coming on the program. And I am going to ask you, you know, if you'd stick around for a couple of minutes after. Sure. But uh, Rex Paul, thank you so much, and uh, I, I, we'll put the links below the video of all of Rex's stuff. I just encourage you to check it out, buy his albums, and and get on his mailing list. But Rex, thank you so much for joining us. Tony, thanks you for having me. Appreciate you. And until next time, thank you.